The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me for your What If Mondays. We're coming in to the week the same way we went out. Mr. Andrew Lenz is joining me. What's going on, Andrew? How are you? Feels like I'm always here now. Pretty much are. (laughs) I you're, see you on. You're almost at me level. I feel. I was every day like I'm going through doing stuff on Facebook, and it's like Matt Johnson tagged me in a post. I'm like, why is he tagging me? In, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I did that episode. <laughs> yeah, busy fella, busy fella. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is our first just solely what if episode, which is kind of nice. We have one more, uh, of course weekend roundup to do of course super bowl sunday but uh but yeah we're we are gearing up we are almost off season time and we want to keep rolling with our what ifs so uh andrew picked a pretty cool one today all right one it's a little out of my under knowledge and understanding i do have a late idea what we're going to be doing but uh, i'm really excited to talk about this one i love hearing about some of these old names and where guys were drafted and how it shakes things up. So Andrew, uh, take it away. You lead. I follow. Oh, I'm pretty sure you already read the title and it's, uh, what if the Seahawks drafted Tony Dorsett? So this Seahawks came into existence in 1976, along with the Buccaneers. They actually won two games <laughs> like the Buccaneers. So they had the second pick in the 1977 draft and uh the two big running backs coming out was ricky bell and tony dorsett ricky bell was pretty much a lock to go to the buccaneers due to the fact that he had a relationship with bucks head coach what was his name he's john mckay i get my mckay's mixed up (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about the son rich mckay but so Tony Dorsett did not want to go to Seattle. Not a lot of players want to go to expansion teams. We've seen this play out many times in the NFL. You don't want to go to a bad team if you're pretty much what's considered a generational talent. And he was like, I don't want to play for you. And the Cowboys, like head of personnel at that time, Gil Brandt was like, ah, maybe you'll end up with a good team. So Dallas trades a bunch of picks to Seattle for the second overall pick and the pretty much the right to draft Tony Dorsett. And that's pretty much how history plays out. Tony Dorsett wins the Super Bowl in 1977 with the Cowboys, goes to the Super Bowl again in 78 and has himself a wonderful Hall of Fame career running for and have setting a record for one of the longest yards at 99 yards. 
But what if? Because he did not want to go to Seattle. He actually, his agent sent out feelers and supposedly Tony Arset did that as well. This is supposedly to the CFL if he was drafted by the Seahawks. Mm. To see like, hey, I'll come go play with you guys for a year. And then that way they'll lose the rights. And then I basically become a free agent. I can go anywhere I want. Right. Because he's going to be a top dollar guy. This is before, way before this, the salary bracketing that we have today. So does Seattle want to pay that money? But like I said, it's pretty much what if Seattle did draft him? So we could go with, hey, uh, he says no to Seattle. He ends up going to the CFL, and then the Cowboys end up getting him later on, anyways. But that's that's not fun. I I don't I, that that's a quick easy story in my book. Am I right? Right. I mean, we could pretty much wrap the episode up right now. Then if we yeah. were to, to go that route, um, but yeah, what if he were to play? Right. What if he were to play? And listen, there's guys try to hold out game all the time, and I get it. Seattle's not this, you know, at this point in time one of those um, alluring cities, right? We don't think, we think a lot more highly, a lot more highly, I think it's a phrase, a lot more highly of, of Seattle for as a football team than they did back in the day, all right? Seattle of the 70s and 80s is very, very forgotten, right? It, it's, 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 it's relatively forgotten. A lot of guys, a lot of good, talented guys who we're going to, I'm sure, mention today with Jim Zorn, Steve Largent, and and so many others. But um, you know, Seattle football is obviously very forgotten. And and I mean, a guy like Tony Dorsett is a game changer uh, for the Seattle team. Who, you know, it wasn't always necessarily perfect. Uh, you know, more losing seasons than than winning. But those winning seasons, they were they were kind of close. So. Uh, you got to think at this time, especially if you're an expansion team, you need a name, right? And later on, you could say, Well, you can look back and go, Well, they had Jim Zorn and Steve Largent, but in 1976 and 77, is Steve Largent and Jim Zorn as big as the name as Tony Dorsett? I wasn't alive for that era, but I could, in my We'll say mind's eye. I don't see it. Tony Dorsett was, I believe, the Heisman Trophy winner. And that actually carried, I think, a little bit more weight back then than what it is than what it is today. I know. Yes, he was the Heisman Trophy winner. National champion. In 76 also with Pittsburgh. So I think he's a little bit bigger of a name, but looking down the line, if you match him with Zorn and Largent, do we have a next generation of triplets? Uh, I think easily. Yes. I mean, again, you, if you look at the, the stats from, from that time period, and I know we haven't gotten that far yet, but a lot of the, as far as the stats, as far as what, um, what Seattle had as rushers, right? Uh, not a whole lot of very talented guys. I think the, the, no. one of the better seasons I've seen, I can't remember who the guy's name was, but it was like a seven, it was like a 700 yard season. 
It was Sherman uh, Smith. Yes. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Seattle didn't have the best offensive line or they had some other issues, but a guy like Dorsett, who's not just a running back, he's not just your average hand the ball off and take it. This guy can catch and go too, which is a, you know, very valuable asset. Uh, he do, does have pretty, for that time period, pretty significant receiving yards, touchdowns, and receptions. Um, you're adding a, a a guy who, I mean, it, it just it helps the passing game, right? We always say the run complements the the pass, the pass complements the run. And if you have a guy who can legit take you out from underneath, a defense from underneath, you know, guys like Steve Largent and, and maybe some of those other ones, uh, you know, have time, right? And I don't know how popular play action was at this point in time or if it was a thing, but but I mean, that's old school football right there. That mentality where you have to establish the run to set up the pass. That's old school football. That's from, you know, maybe a decade or a couple decades before this era that we're, we're about to talk about. Um, I think Seattle, you might get, you know, a, a couple good postseason runs from Seattle here. Yeah, I'm in a little bit. I When I. When I came up with this idea, it was very easy for me to go, wow, Zorn, Largent, Tony Dorsett. How are you, how are you, you know, th- that's amazing. But once again, as we talk about on this, on this show all the time, football is a team sport. There's eight other guys on the field with them. And those eight other guys aren't, aren't that great, then it's going to hurt. And this is an expansion team with a lot of offensive line problems as I was reading. And that was one of the reasons why they traded that second pick, not just because they were afraid that they weren't going to get Dorsett, but because they needed offensive line problems or they had big time offensive line problems. So if they don't make this trade, is their offensive line going to get better or is it going to stay the same or is it going to be just absolute the worst? I mean, that's probably the big question, right? Because, I mean, yeah. you guys are pulling out these these no names are getting 700-something yards rushing. Dorsett's is a – he's – you know, I, sometimes it, that's what it takes, though. I, I, I don't know. You but, know what I mean? Like, sometimes it takes, like, getting a star running back to kind of make things get going, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of where my mentality is. Like, the Titans have always been a good team. Here, let's take a modern example. All right. Okay. The Titans have, over the last five years, been a pretty damn good team. They had Derrick Henry, but they didn't use Derrick Henry like the Derrick Henry that we know today. When Derrick Henry started going, um, you know, things got really well, right? They started winning all the time, right? AFC South championships. And their line is never, you know, their line's decent, but I feel like adding a running back just does so much. Um, opposite, opposite view, all right? Uh, kind of the same mentality. Joe Mixon, all right, running back. Been there for a long time. Um been in been in Cincinnati for I think three, four seasons at this point. Um never really hit his potential until this year when they started getting wide receivers. The, the Prince. 
star wide receivers complement, you know, um, that running back position. And that's, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that things could be, um, you know, things could get better if you add that star running back position. It could really open things up. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams. I got Colts, Colts for, for the longest time. Yeah. Colts for the longest time. Perfect example of that. All right. They were kind of, they were struggling. They struggled for a long time. But they, I mean, they had Frank Gore, but, you know, 15-year vet, you know, at that time, Frank Gore, whatever, however long he was, wasn't doing it. But when you got, or, or Marlon Mack, but once you got Jonathan Taylor going, the identity of this offense really opens up. So, um, you know, you really don't know. You really yeah. don't know. The offensive line doesn't have to be like perfect. I mean, obviously in the rough and tough era of, of the 1970s and, and late 1970s and 80s, a good offensive line is going to help. But you never know, especially when you look at the caliber of talent that Tony Dorsett was and what he could be. I think he's an instant. I really do believe he's, he could be an instant difference maker. Especially, I mean, that Hall of Fame career. Yeah. See, that's where that's where I get stuck on this is the offensive line. So they end up going, uh, you know, nineteen seventy seven. That's they're they're five and nine, okay. But then things get, you know, a little bit more of an upswing by going nine and seven, in seventy eight. And I think that might help. You know, you got. Sherman Smith, who's 24, 24 years old, he runs for 805 yards. So if Sherman's, but then the guys that they drafted to make this offensive line, that's where it's kind of working with me is if they would have just kept the original offensive line, which their first rusher, Sherman Smith only got 537 yards. Right, but you look at some of these bandages, right? Mm-hmm. They picked, let's see, they picked fourteenth, uh, so they moved back to fourteenth, from what I understand, in that first that that nineteen seventy seven draft. And yeah. they drafted a guy by the name of Steve August, who he played for years with them because I I looked him up too. Quite some time, not a yeah. never, but if you look at like awards and like he, he was never like that big name guy and I get it offensive line and at that time wasn't very you know it was Anthony Munoz or everybody else but there's no pro bowls there's no all pro nom- nods maybe this guy was a difference maker all right in 81 he had one catch for nine yards that's you know that's that's pretty exciting I pretty guess. good but um but other than that he was just a he was a body he was just, he was just a body and he didn't really do a whole lot you know, I've never heard of Steve August before. I never heard of him either. Right. <laughs> I so, started doing research. You know, so I, I don't know how much of it. I, I really couldn't tell you how much of a difference this make. I do know this, that in 77, he played in only six games, started zero. Wow. Okay. All right. 82, he played in eight games, started seven of them. He just, you know, he, he played three, excuse me, four full seasons. One of them is a 14 game. The other three are 16. So and this this is what they traded back for. So and well, they wanted they just wanted pieces. I think they were looking at the idea of the bodies because two of those second round draft picks they got actually they traded 
back to Dallas to get a wide receiver. <laughs> and that was like, like, oh man, we made a mistake. We don't want these. We just want the wide receiver. But 70, 78, let's go back to 78. They're nine and seven. Are they, are they an actual playoff team with Tony Dorsett? Well, let's, uh, I think we have to take a look That's, at the champion that year, which was AFC champions, at least, yes. which were the 77 Denver Broncos. Um, the 78 season. Oh, this would be the 78 season. season. It would have been the Steelers. So I right, 78, my apologies. Now that I'm thinking about the Steelers (laughs) and this the era of the 70s with Tony Dorsett, and we gotta think of it. I'm gonna think of it in this way. I'm only gonna people might get mad and say two, but is there really only two teams at this point? Maybe three. So are they better than the Raiders? Are they better than the Steelers? And are they better than, I think the Oilers did pretty good in the playoffs this year? Uh, let's see. I'd have to. I think it's 78 or 79. Yeah. So are they better Oilers than. Are, Oilers were a wild card. They played in the same division as. The yeah, they made, the, they made it the conference championship game where they lost to Pittsburgh again. They beat Miami, New England, and then they lost to Pittsburgh 5-34. to 34. So are the Seahawks better than the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Oilers. Are they? That is, and I don't see that at this time. They might probably be up there with maybe the Oilers. And that's, that's a big maybe. But are they better than the Raiders? I don't, I'm not, I don't think so. And are they better than the Steelers? Right which anybody that knows football, if Boyd's listening to this, he's probably jumping up and down going, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Raiders were only nine and seven this year, but this was like one of Madden's final years, but still though, are they a better overall football team? And the Broncos were 10 and six. Oh, this is the orange crush era. So this is a very good defensive team. So maybe they're kind of, I feel they're in the same boat in 78. Maybe one extra win, but no more. Or maybe a little bit of playoff run. Possibly. I mean, it. at least one, right? At least one. I'm more so looking at longevity because after two years, Seattle drops off yes. like, horrendously. They have two nine and seven seasons. Uh, with their head coach, uh, Jack Patera. Yes, I I read up on Jack Patera. He is was the defensive line coach for the Fearsome Foursome, but a grant guy, very uh, not a player's coach. We'll go that route. No. Wouldn't let him take water breaks and the heat and everything else. So that is kind of what you might say is the Jim Harbaugh thing where yes, you're winning and it seems like you're getting better, but that stuff kind of wears on you or the Patriot or what kind of I could imagine what Gronk was talking about in the Patriot way, but not to 
that severity of winning. So I get what you're saying there. So I think Patera is gone, no matter what. Like I think the players give out. Yeah, it sounds like a call, like a, just a cultural thing. I mean, they're getting blanked by some. Yeah, it's it's you're getting blanked by some teams. It's it's not a good look, especially Patera's last year. But you get two nine and seven seasons where you're kind of close, right? You're third in the AFC West twice. Um, we get it. Denver's the king of the West at this point in time. Denver and the Raiders are 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 up there. Everybody else is kind of just there. But um yeah, it just I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets traded. Maybe uh, rabbit hole wise, he gets, you know, maybe Dorset ends up getting traded in in some type of rebuild situation where he ends up finding his way to a Dallas or something like that, you know? Or it changes the 83 draft on its head. Because after the 82 season, you bring in Mr. Chuck Knox, Mr. Ground Chuck himself. That might reinvigorate Tony Dorsett because Chuck Knox loved to run the ball. Right. So now you're not looking at Kurt Warner with a C in the 83 draft. And there was rumors. Now get ready. This is kind of like the extreme rabbit hole here. Uh, there were rumors that Chuck Knox wanted John Elway when they were exploring things. So right now you got Jim Zorn, who's kind of starting to decline. You have an undrafted free agent the past couple of years in Dave Craig. And if you can take that shot, do you go John Elway? So Elway to Seattle. Elway to Seattle. Because their number they were actually the number two pick in the 83 draft. They just like swapped with the Rams. They swapped with the Rams. So they actually had the number two pick in the draft. So imagine somehow early. Yeah, but that's even if the Colts let, you know. Yeah. That there's a lot of what I mean, there's a whole bunch of what ifs in there too. So that's one. Or we talked about all offensive line. And this might actually hurt the Chicago Bears a little bit. Maybe they see Jimbo Colvert and they're like, hey, we have a running back. Uh, Zorn's here. I mean, he's not. He's he's Jim Zorn. I mean, we still have Jim Zorn and we have this guy, Dave Craig. But we need offensive line because we're going to run the ball. So why don't we go get Jimbo Colvert? So now that affects the 85 Bears because now you don't have your left tackle. Right. For that. But and we all know over, how, you know, that's McMahon's blind side. Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I yes. Believe he is blind I think you are. Right. I think you are right. I think you are right. <laughs> and so that changes a whole lot of things. I mean, it, it's we all know how reckless McMahon was. Mm, you know, it, it, it's it's. It's not a good spot to be in if you're the Bears. It could change the direction of the 85 Bears, 100%. And in 1983, they make it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Seattle does? Yeah, they get they kind of get blown out by the Raiders 30-14, to 14, but they beat Miami 27 
to 20 in the divisional round and they beat the Broncos 31 to seven in the wild card round. So they're putting up good numbers. Miami didn't really have a defense. I don't know too much about the Broncos in 83. Right. Uh, but the Raiders are a pretty good team. Do they match up with the Raiders a little bit better? Say with a the run team? game, you can control the clock a little bit. Yeah. And you have a good offensive lineman. I don't know if they're beating the Raiders at this time of 1983. That's, that's my only thing. Like Marcus Allen was pretty, pretty good. He was, he was on fire. You still got Cliff Branch on this team. Um, who else? I think Todd Christensen. Yeah. Todd Christensen at tight end. Jim Plunkett probably is Jim Plunkett's still pretty good. So this seemed more like a team of destiny. But that gives you to build on when it comes to the 84 season. But see, now I'm walking. I don't know if I'm being a homer here. Oh, 84, they lose to the Raiders 7 to 13. So do they go on even farther with Dorsett? You got your left tackle and Colbert. Dave Craig showing up and Steve Largent. I think they beat the 84 Raiders. Hmm. I think they beat the 84. If they were that close to them, seven to three, and Seattle had a good, pretty decent defense. They had um, kind of easily. I got to back to Seattle, but they had Ken easily at the time, who was a, probably one of the best safeties ever, but just kind of, lost out due to injury. I think they beat the Rams. Or beat the Raiders, sorry. So beat the Raiders in 83. 84. I don't think they beat them in 83. Well, 84, they did beat the Raiders. They lost to your Dolphins. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Do they beat the (laughs) Dolphins? I'm looking at the Raiders still. Sorry. My bad. Uh, Yeah. the Dolphins one is, is tricky because that's how good the Dolphins were a damn good team back then in the divisional round. So that's my thing there is they were good. Not good enough to win the Super Bowl, but they were good. Maybe make it a little bit closer. You think maybe bounce Miami or something else? Maybe win the division so they're away from Miami until the championship game? Maybe. Maybe. Because who won it? Who won an 83? Or 84. It had to have been the Raiders, right? It had to be the Raiders because they're still in the, the AFC West. No, they were they took third. So it must have been. No, they were second in 84. No, I'm talking about the Raiders. Denver oh, won in 84. About, yeah. Denver won in 84. Denver won in 84. But do they beat the 84 Dolphins? I mean, the 84 Dolphins were. I can't see that happening. I. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I didn't want to sound like a homer on this, but uh, I mean, they're putting up really good numbers. Well, I think, I think, you know, a lot of say, I don't know if Seattle's going to a Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe one. Right. They- maybe no. one. Maybe one. 80, 83 or 84. Maybe. But I think they have a better chance in 80. 
84, honestly, than they do in 83. That'd be wild considering the, the conference change. Seattle and San Francisco in a Super Bowl. Yeah. That'd be real weird. Um, oh, and maybe that, that bleeds over. I think they got a better chance at 84 than 83. I don't know why, but I just feel like the 83 Raiders were just like that one of those destiny teams. Right. I mean, they're. I think that's the year that they ended up getting Mike Hayes and they had Lester Hayes and, or Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes. And like I said, Jim Plunkett, you got uh, Marcus Allen before he put him in the doghouse. So I don't think they're beating the 83 Raiders. But there's a good chance they're beating the 84 Dolphins. Right. Well, I th- yeah. I think generally Seattle, I mean, Seattle is going to be an interesting team in the 80s. I think that's the that's the synapse, synopsis, synopsis, uh, synopsis of it. But um, I don't know if they're achieving anything. Do they but make I it? I think, like I said, they might make one Super Bowl. Might. I don't know what. Maybe 85, 84, 85. Maybe they have a better year in 85 than what that eight and eight. Oh, yeah, because New England was super weak in the, in 85. So, they were eight and eight. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Dorsett's probably slowing down at this time, too, because it was off this the is, line. Yeah, this is probably the last. That's also true. This is probably his last year because his last actual year in the NFL was 88 when he got traded to the Broncos, and he did absolutely nothing. Right. I think the other aspect we have to look at this is Dallas. Yeah. Yes. Right? I think That's we have to go I back wanted. and see what happens with Dallas. Cause the year that he was drafted, the year that, uh, uh, that he was drafted, Dallas did win the Super Bowl, right? 1977. I, they were going to win that. I think they were going to win regardless. That you think? Cause that was the Craig Morton Super Bowl. Okay. You played against them. You you knew his weaknesses and everything else. I think they stay the team of the seventies, but I don't think they're that good in the eighties. I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't think isn't really superb in the eighties, regardless. But I mean, does it does that I'm expedite to, does that exp- help expedite Jerry Jones or not? Uh, well, Jerry Jones buying the team, but get rid of Landry and stuff. That is a good possibility, and I would I me personally thinking on this level, yes. Because we watched the 81 championship. Yeah. Who was probably the biggest factor on the cow- on the Cowboys offensively, but yet he was taken out of the game? And oh, it, it, it was, was Dorsett. It was Dorsett. Remember, yeah. he had that eye injury. That's and I right. Think we, you can go check that out in the archives as well. When we reviewed the 81 championship game. So, I don't think they're that big because they relied so heavily on him. And it was, I think it's a little bit easier for them in the seventies when you still had Stallback, Right. And now you got Stallback, and you could rotate in uh, what's his name, new house and some other guys in there. But when you get into the eighties, as I uh, just from watching that one game, what I got was a feel from them is we are going to ride and die on Tony Dorsett. Danny white managed the game. Where with in those late seventies, it was more. We have Roger, 
if if we're down, we're not out because we have Roger. But then we also have Tony Dorsett, who is more of an added piece instead of the centerpiece. So I think they're good up until 1980 or when Stallback retires. I don't think we're looking. I don't know if we're talking about Danny White in the same light as we are. Maybe, maybe Danny White actually got to show off a little bit. I don't know. That's but I, don't, yeah. I don't think they're making that run of those NFC championship games from what? 79 to. Well, let's see. I mean, at least winning the division, right? Cause we know how tight the, the NFC East was back in the eighties, hmm. right? They won in 81. It took second and 82 strike shortened year. They um, well, they took second in '83, but they did. They did go 12 and four. When nine and seven took fourth in '84. '82 is such a weird year. It is. <laughs> they won it. They won in '85. Seven and nine in '86. Seven eight in '87. Three and thirteen in '88. Yeah, um, I don't think they're doing. I don't think you get all that. I think it makes think... way for. Cunningham Eagles and some of these other, right? That's, that's the Cunningham era, right? Or is that a little bit after? 80, that's 86 was, I think, when he came in. 85 or 86, he came in. Okay. But it was... Jaworski. Jaworski. Yeah. A little bit. It makes a little room for them. I, I don't think that Dallas is the powerhouse in the 80s that we see it as. I mean, obviously, they didn't go to I think the Super Myst- Bowls in the 80s, but... I think the mystique is gone. By 1981 on yeah. Dallas. And I don't, like you said, I think 80, they were probably calling him for his head a lot, way er, you know, earlier than when he actually got fired. But I'm thinking 85, we're starting to hear it because you're five years in, you're, is, is there really anything like other than Tony Dorsett, because then he was kind of that bridge guy from those older guys getting, you know, the older guys from their earlier Super Bowl runs to the the newer guys that they could kind of try and regenerate. He was that, to me, that that bridge in there where we have this young gun that we can still kind of ride if the older guys get tired and he's not there. So therefore, I don't think they're making a championship game in 80, 80, 81, the 81 season, or in the 82 season. So that means no no catch, right? No. No. I think the 49ers have a pretty clear or you know, clear path. I don't know who Dallas. Well, that's lost. a sting. It's a stinger as far as legacy and rivalries go. Mm-hmm. I think. That's a that's a big like sting on that because I mean San Francisco beating the 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 Cowboys in that in the catch game is like big changing it's, of the it's, guard. Right, it was a complete changing of the guard. That was a rivalry for a significant amount of time. And man, if you take that a moment away from NFL history, Joe, you know, and like I said, this is this is pretty pretty deep, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crazy i think but, you could go crazy you know you, joe could you really could now, now that you mention it but you know joe cool there's he doesn't have that moniker and and all that stuff it's just, it just that rivalry just takes a big hit i think and i think that's like it's crazy to think but that's how much dorsett impacted this team 
And, you know, saying that, this is why I think going back to our first point of, you know, Dorsett and what he could do, that's why I think it boosts Seattle up a little bit. It props him up a little bit back in back in those early seven, those late seventies time period. You know what I mean? We really do. It's the stop back door set, you know, Pearson arrow is unbelievable, but you, you, I think you made a good point. It's, it's, it's not the same with Danny white under center. I love Danny white. Yeah. I'm a big Danny white guy. We're a big Danny white guys here, but uh, I, I don't know if it pans out the same. And I, that's where, you know, going to Seattle and, I don't think there's maybe there still is, but I know it seems like Tony Dorsett's kind of faded with other running backs that you can mention. He's often forgotten because I mean, yeah. look at his major successor was uh well his no, excuse me, his is uh, well was Herschel Walker, then Emmett Smith. Yeah. If you really think about it. So maybe Maybe Dallas, well, no, they didn't even do anything with Herschel Walker, so we can't even go that route. Because I think they needed, I think they needed Dorsett once Stallback was gone. Then I'm just basing, if you guys, like we always say, we're always, we love to hear opinions. We want to hear feedback. If you got a different way, let us know. I, I'm not alive at this point. Matt's not alive at this point. So I'm basing my theory on Tony Dorsett with the Cowboys on one game from what I saw and what he meant, but it was also a big game. So that's what I was getting was if he's not a Cowboy, I don't think they're as good offensively as what they can be from those early 80s games. Right. And even if you throw in a Herschel Walker, by that point, Dallas was pretty much pretty much dead as it was. So I I think he's I think he's more of a name, not this big name, but I still think there's a Hall of Fame career in there. I still say there's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and you know what it possibly elevates I mean Steve Largent and Jim Zorn to greater heights too. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where my head's at. And Dave Craig. And Dave Craig. Can't forget about Dave Craig. Oh, don't ever forget about Dave Craig. <laughs> but uh, are there any av- other avenues you want to hit? No, I mean, you could. we could go all day long if they, like you said, it's another big what if, if they traded for John Elway and they had Elway, Dorsett, and Largent. But that is rabbit hole GM type stuff. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Well, everybody, that is a um, that is a wrap on this week's what if next week. I'm gonna pull the trigger on it. I got it. I feel like I'm. I got to get it out of the way. So next week we talk. Um, we're gonna talk if the Colts had found a way to keep Philip Rivers for one more year. What would this 2021 season? Uh, what would it have looked like if they had not pulled the trigger on Carson Wentz and uh, they kept Philip Rivers for just one more year? What would the season have looked like? It's something I want to examine in film study. So check that out soon with the film room for myself and Brian. And, um, and, and yeah, I think there's uh, I really do. I mean, it's, 
there's, it's only a year, about an estimating, a year to two years of estimating, you know, kind of guesstimating stuff like that. But I still think there's some kind of substance there. So I got to hit my yearly Philip Rivers quota, episode quota. So um, might as well kick it off with that. So, um, but all right, everybody, that is a wrap. And thank you so much. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two point conversation is. Yeah, spot.